And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. <laughs> Yo, they already know what it is. We out here in Studio E popping. I'm the ghost, he's D Jones. <laughs> Yo, what's cracking this week, B? All right, on this week's episode, we have a Paul Williani interview. We're going to introduce a new segment, In the Streets, with our favorite reporter, Kyle. And then we're going to get into the rundown, talking everything from KD to Rondo and D-Wade on the Bulls, and even get into some UFC 200. Let's get it popping. Yo, before we jump into the show, just a quick couple announcements. We got an email address popping. It's thebuntlive at gmail.com, so feel free to send us an email with feedback or if you want to hear from a specific guest we'll reach out to them if you got any questions for us we're happy to answer them or topics to discuss or questions for potential guests hit us up so again the email is thebuntlive at gmail.com holla all right and last but not least after week 10 we're going to be taking a one week break and you know after a lot of uh, hard thought and uh thinking our plans through we've decided to take our talents to itunes <laughs> <laughs> so i hope you guys can bear with us for the week off and then uh we'll kick off season two so continue to help us spread the word and make sure to follow and uh, like and share our posts on facebook at the bunt and on instagram at the bunt live Yo, we out here, Studio E, <laughs> the West End man of mystery himself, Paul Liliani, is in the building. What's cracking today, G? What's up? All right, I think everybody knows the deal by now. First question, favorite skate moment and favorite sports moment. All right, favorite skate moment has got to be uh, back like 10 years ago when Morgan Smith was on his Ryan Sheckler tip, and <laughs> every time we went skating, he was either skating like an 18 stair or jumping off of a roof. <laughs> and uh, favorite sports moments got to be last year's Game 5, Jose Bautista's home run. Pimped out bat flip? Yeah, love the bat flip. That was a good one, man. That series was insane. I think that's like the most recent sick moment the Toronto sports scene has had. I have never. Excuse like, me? The I've Raptors never just seen made anything. it to the conference finals. That's true. That's true. I'm slipping. But yeah, I think... <laughs> Toronto rallied hard around that bat flip. That was yeah, that was yeah. Down O two was, was even if you weren't into baseball, you definitely were hyped on that moment. Baseball is a weird one because the season is like so long. There's so much culminating into these short series, and to like have it go down Man, like that. The wild card game is the craziest. You have yeah. one game, and you're either in or out. I don't back that one. I think it's pretty sick. Let's take it back to the Smith for a minute. Let's just let's just reminisce on Ryan Smith. I mean. <laughs> Ryan Sheckler, a.k.a. Morgan Smith. <laughs> Definitely remember those, like, 18-stair ollies. He had two 18-stair ollies. Uh, there was the one indoor at Mars in Toronto. That was first try. <laughs> and then, dude, the one in Miami, we were. it actually took him, like, an hour. Like, he jumped down an 18-stair for, like, a full hour. Jesus. Oh, my Just Christ. fucking eating shit. Just landing and piling out? Yeah. And then the best one was the TD... The switch ollie to the road off of like the fucking mountain, like <laughs> actually fifteen foot high ledge, and then when he, we went back like ten times, and then when he finally did it, 
in one angle, well, he breaks his board and puts his hands down. And in one camera angle, he like disappears behind a car. And then in the other angle is like straight on filmed by Shubat. He, whoever's watching the road for cars just steps right in front of the camera. Right. As oh he lands. my God. I thought he didn't land that. Actually, no he did it he so sketchy, it. but it was fucking crazy. It was a tight blind ad, though. The photo was <laughs> butter, at least. That was crazy. The Smith. So I feel like for those of you who don't know you, and uh, maybe even some people who do, you're a little bit of a man of mystery. Take us behind the curtains, and uh, what's a day in the life of Paul like? There's not much to see behind the curtains. Really. <laughs> <laughs> um, mostly just like working, really. Like, yeah, what are you doing these days? I work at uh, Sam James Coffee Shop. Sick. And uh, yeah, for a while I was like painting houses too for work. And then when I can, I skate. And if I'm not skating, I'm playing tennis or baseball or something yeah you've got a little bit of a love for tennis eh? yeah you uh sure. you whip safe a couple times or what <laughs> oh my god safe oh. i played safe when i was uh, a beginner for sure wow so. <laughs> trying to take away all credit on my multiple <laughs> victories oh you, you you won what do you mean i oh, slapped yeah. this fool around god damn it that was my first summer playing though so you got him now I think the so. Rematch yeah. might I mean, be in store. It might be a if safe as if safe is ever able to step on a court again, <laughs> then we'll find out. But I'll beat you on my one leg. Trust me. Just spark some beef, Donald. I thought that you used to beat him. I don't think safe was beef. very good. Sini, <laughs> uh, the summer that me and Paul played, like it was pretty much at least probably five times a week. Yeah, because I was staying at my aunt's and there was like a private court. Dude, that we no, all nobody to. wants to hear. About us playing tennis. Yeah, they do. <laughs> well, I was just going to, a quick drop in. Yeah. Uh, so Paul would come over like almost every day and then Sini started coming through. And unfortunately, Sini was, was the man. Got to give him, got to give him the credit. Sini would destroy both of us. I'd destroy Paul. And that was kind of the chain. We went to one over by Christy Pitts the other day and we were playing. Kind of sucks because Wade thinks he's so nice, but he is so good. <laughs> so depressing. Uh, yeah. No one better to beat at sports or anything than Wade. So, Paul, you're blessed with Mad Pop on the board. A lot of your clips, you're skating over stuff rather than down shit. What's the secret still? Uh, I think I kind of just grew up skating like that. Like, at the spot that I skated every day around the corner from my house, there was, like, one of those little wooden hockey arena things, and I would just skate over that all day. So I kind of started it, and then I actually loved skating, like, stairs when I was a kid, so I didn't really skate over stuff. But I guess probably then they put that log at Dunbat and that's when I started like I just skated over that all day but I'm, I don't know I mean it kind of just comes naturally for me and definitely a lot more fun than jumping down a bunch of stairs I feel you you got that mean crouch like Mitch Barrett but 
he doesn't have any pop. <laughs> the super crouch works for yeah, you. Yeah, I don't know why that doesn't work for him. <laughs> well, he's four feet tall, so he can only jump so high. So uh, the downside to skating over stuff and up stuff and, and taller wedges is a lot of the time, people actually have to go to the spot to really appreciate the clips. Yeah, I think that's kind of true. I mean, I remember hearing like an interview with Stevie Williams a long time ago, too, where he's like talking about skating high ledges and shit, and he's like, usually most of the day I'm just like sitting down while everybody else skates stairs and then maybe at the end of the day we go to a high ledge spot and i'll get a line but i don't know i think it's it's more fun yeah for for sure yeah i just i remember when your green apple part came out i was like obviously this part's retarded regardless if you've been to the spots or not but like a lot of the clips you can appreciate it a lot more if if you're from toronto like yeah. specifically when you switch flip the bar at mars i struggled to ollie that thing and in your part it just kind of goes by the average person would be like, oh, okay it's just like a switch flip over a bar but it's actually like superhuman yeah but like the same thing applies to stairs and shit like mm, sometimes true. you see a clip of like whatever a massive rail and it just yeah. looks like it's because we're like desensitized clip. to all yeah. rails and yeah. stairs now well yeah i mean but a big spin down a 10 is for the most part a big spin down a 10 but yeah rails i feel you like every rail is different the run up yeah. and shit nowadays these Volcom videos and whatnot coming out, everyone's like sliding quadruple kinks and it's like, you just forget about it a day later. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's good to like, just keep it simple. Extend that career, skate over stuff, not down stuff, kids. Yeah. <laughs> Right around when your green apple part came out, Ashad Ware mentioned you as one of his favorite skaters. How random and sick was it getting a shout out from the should be two time skater of the year? Man, I remember when that happened and my phone was blown up and like everybody just like tagging me in some Facebook, some article. And uh, I went to read it and it's like, yeah, it was, it was an article from some online mag or something. And he was, he had just gotten skater of the year. And they're like, who are some of your favorite skaters right now? And he's like, uh, I really like uh, Andrew Reynolds and Paul Liani. <laughs> I was like, what the wow. fuck? So he's sick. like, and he's like, dude, the, the best part is like, he's gnarly. <laughs> like, dude, I'm the biggest pussy. <laughs> All I skate is manuals. And I legends. guess you could appreciate that pop from a distance. Yeah, I guess so. But yeah, that was that was crazy, man. I did, I wouldn't have thought that he would have known my name at all. Let alone have seen any of my parts or enjoyed them. Skate Radio, he's out there. Well, yeah. your shit was on Thrasher, so. Yeah, I guess so. I guess a lot of people saw that. Side note, do you agree that he should have been Skater of the Year again over AV? Last year? Yeah, this past year he didn't get it. Well, he got it and then Wes Kramer got it and then Ave got it, but Ashad seriously destroyed skateboarding all year. He's pretty fucked, but the whole thing is it's it's impossible to pick one person. Yeah, there's like, so many. It's politics, anyways. Like, yeah, I was happy they gave it to Ave though. I know I'm I'm not bummed. Ave got it. I just think Ashad deserved it. I feel like Ave got it more as like a lifetime achievement. Yeah, award. for sure. Like he's he's never had one, right? Yeah, and so. huge, and that part was crazy though. The Vans part yeah. for like such an old man. Yeah, no, I, I feel you. But if you like, if you're breaking it down and like, okay who's done what Ave had one part and then like some 
mess around footy and like fa videos and stuff but Ashad had like three or four parts yeah like covers it is politics like you say because i think his best part was his barracks part and obviously thrasher doesn't take that into right consideration. The, like mountain dew thing yeah i remember yeah. when they listed like everything Ashad did that year they didn't mention that part which really was, like the <laughs> shit yeah you I think thrasher that. fucks with the barracks yeah. i don't know i just would figure that like in something like that everything counts no nah. I'm not hating on covers too, man. Or maybe just one. There's a long lineup of people who deserve Skater of the Year and probably will never get one. That's that's true. You're right there at the top of the list, bud. (laughs) (laughs) 2008 was a good year for you, (laughs) was it? So, Paul, you were on Alien Flow forever, and then they kind of disappeared for a minute. Not sure exactly what was going on. And then they relaunched with a full new team and put you on as a full-on M. Going back to the beginning, what's the story there? Yeah, I remember when I first got on, was like it was so random. I kind of like I had I think I had had a shoe sponsor for like a year or two or something, and then I had like a sponsor me tape that was like getting sent around a lot, and I was like about to get on a board company for sure and i remember like center distribution was going to put me on plan b and then like a a couple other people were talking to me and then i I got an email and it was just from like chad at alien workshop or something and it was like so to the it was just like hey uh i'm from alien workshop i want to send you some boards give me your address and i was like (laughs) I honestly thought it was Duncan pr- like <laughs> pranking me, but I, so I answered like the most without, I answered without being like, yeah, I'm super excited. Like I was just like, okay, yeah, here's my address. <laughs> or you didn't want to get clowned. Like I didn't want, yeah, exactly. I thought Duncan was going to be like, look how fucking excited he got. <laughs> and, uh, and then like within two days I had a, like a box of like 10 boards show up at my parents' house and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, Duncan think, spent uh, a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> I think Mike McD McDermott, yeah, may have sent them my footage or something because he was on he's on Habitat, obviously, and uh, and I guess they were stoked. And then yeah, it kind of just went like that for a long time. And every time I kind of had a chance to maybe like make a move up to being an AM or like going on a trip. Like I remember I was supposed to go on a trip with them, and like a few weeks before I like snapped my arm in half and like Uh-oh. just was out for a few months. So that didn't happen. And then sort of things like that kept happening. And then I remember at some point they were like going to, when they were doing those like life splicing video parts, yeah, I think yeah. like Nick Baserio had one and like Kevin Turpening. I was going to have one of those with like what ended up being my green apple part, but they were like, like, which I thought was like good footage for me. And they were like this, you need to get like gnarlier footage. And I was like, Okay, I, I just couldn't. So yeah. that kind of like fucked with my head a bit. And then right before they went, before all that shit happened, I was supposed to go go on another trip with them. And then they disappeared. Fuck. And then I just remember getting like a text from Brandon Conroy just being like, hey, I got a weird one for you. Workshop's coming back. Do you want to be on as an amp? Start getting paid <laughs> like next week or something. And I was like, 
Yeah, sure. I was actually like just starting to skate for Lewis Cruz. Like, yeah, had, I remember that. hadn't even gotten a package or anything yet. And I was like, hey, Jacob, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal timing. Did they tell you right off the bat it was like a full team? Like, no one was coming back from the original team except for you, I guess? Uh, no, they hadn't really. It took a long time after I after they contacted me in the first place, like a few months for sure. So there were like times where they thought maybe some people would be coming back or that we were getting like some other like established pros, but right. kind of just didn't work out that way. Sorry guys, just hold on for a sec. And uh, are you getting word from a live report in the streets? Sorry for the interruption, Paul, but we have some breaking news street side. Alright, Kyle in the streets, we got Wade Disarmo here, we're at Pond. Wade, can you give us a live update on the sesh, and where are you skating, and who's out today? I think there's too many people to name who are out in the streets today, well, there's Big Nalls, he just made a little flyby. No one, um, yeah. Seems like everybody got the memo, even TJ's here from Cali, uh, we got Simon Disher out of retirement, he's even on the board as you can see, it's crazy, it's live, it's like 15 deep right now. Yeah. We got Johnny Tang here. I say that's a little too much, to be honest. Is it? Is yeah. that like a too much when it's boys, though? Yeah, I think so. It's all good crew, though. It's all good people. It's all good, yeah. All right. You know? Wade, everyone knows my landing juice is cracking Monster. Yeah. What's your go-to landing juice when you're skating? Uh, or your go-to drink? Yeah, well, right now, I'm working on the Rickard Rattler. You know, you got to start You gotta start every session off with a rattler, you know, a little 3% grapefruit action. Yeah, not too loose. Yeah, you know, gauge it. Once that gets in your system, starts flowing, you know, you take it from there, maybe get a couple Yao Mings after that. Um, maybe you just call it a day and go straight to Heine or something a little bit more nice. But um, And, and Monster. You, you, you prefer that, Monster that, too, that, right? That's you. I mean, we all know that's you. If it's you know just, anyone, uh, maybe you can get me hooked up on Monster. Yep. The word out. I'll uh, I'll keep my uh, my ear to the streets for uh, Kyle in the streets. In your po podcast with the bunt you did, you called me your favorite skater in Toronto, I believe. Yeah. What's your favorite clip of mine? The, the rolling drunk. The, the like, rolling, yeah, yeah. Off the roof, of course. What about favorite non-loose clip, if there is one? Do you have a real clip in the streets? No, I don't think. Not, so not how, yet. How, how is that even This summer I'm going to. This summer I'm going to put out a full part. Okay, so then, once that comes out, I'll give you my answer. <laughs> okay. Last question. What are your plans for the summer? Just skating, chilling, or you working on anything? Um, yeah. See where the Rattlers take us. Hopefully get some clips, work on uh, something. Maybe a split part with me and you? Internet part? Yeah, we'll see. See where the wind takes us. Little minute clips. See though. where the Rattler and the Kraken and Monsters take us. All right. You know? It's all in their hands right now. Okay, back to uh, Studio E. What the fuck is called? Thanks for that extremely breaking news, Kyle. We look forward to more reports from around the world. So uh, what was it like filming for the latest Alien video, Bunkered Down? Was it well-received or were people bummed on yet another company trying to make a comeback with a whole new roster? The filming for the video was super fun. Like We went on a bunch of trips. I think the reception was like 50-50. Some people just can't accept it and are just yeah. like, Alien should stay dead. Which is like super weird, kind of because the the dude behind this is like the founder of Workshop, Michael. Like, yeah. so it's not untrue to their roots. Like, it's mm -hmm. it's totally exactly how it was back in the '90s. But yeah, we went on a bunch of trips, like Detroit, and did like a road trip around there. 
and everybody's super cool. Couple trips, Trinity. where'd you guys go? We did like a road trip from Detroit. We went to like Pittsburgh and then some spots in New Jersey mm-hmm. and then came back to Detroit. And then me and, me and a bunch of the guys came back to Toronto for like a month. And I remember seeing you guys around yeah. a couple times. Yeah, that video was dope. I mean, I kind of understand where people are coming from when when the company comes back and there's no one that you associate with it on there. But that like the video itself was was dope. Yeah, I mean, I think they were ready for like it's obviously a challenge to yeah. to come back and just be like it's definitely a tough sell. Yeah, especially when your team before was like Heath Kirchart and <laughs> Dylan Reader, Jake Johnson. Yeah, uh, what's what's going on with Alien now? I haven't heard too much lately. Uh, I think they got some stuff in the works that I can't really talk about not to do with me really but <laughs> uh, I don't know I kind of just do my own thing up here and they seem to be cool with it like if I if I want to go do something down in the states then they're down to support me but they're also cool with me hanging out and doing my thing in Toronto You had a quick stint on RDS back in the day. Do you have any memories from being a Red Dragon? Or uh, did you ever feel the need to jump on a car and kick in the windshield? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was definitely a quick stint, but uh, I think I kind of was like just getting just getting sponsored, and I think I was on Circa at the time, and. For maybe a day, I was on Circa Plan B and RDS before before I got. I never got a box from Plan B, but I remember talking to Center, and they were going to put me on. And then I got that email from Workshop, and I was like, "Okay, sorry, Uh, yeah, not really down for that." Yeah, for for a day, I was on Plan B, Circa, and RDS. But I I seriously remember the first day I wore an RDS shirt, and I like I was a kid, like I didn't even know anything yeah. about like what the stigma what the brand represented or like or anything like that i was just like sick freak shirts or whatever yeah. and i remember the first day i went to dunbat wearing an rds shirt and the first person i see is nathan olican and he's just like what are you wearing <laughs> i'm like what do you mean <laughs> he's like what's that shirt i'm like oh uh i skate for them he's like quit you should quit <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> and uh yeah, it took me a couple months, but I quit eventually. Dude, do you remember when I emailed you? Yeah, I I definitely remember when you were like thinking about getting on and and like you were young and excited to get sponsored. And I remember just like seeing your footage, and I was like, "Yo, like trust me, there's gonna be yeah. plenty of opportunities." I just remember you telling me to like be patient and like not jump at the first thing. And of course, <laughs> I just did <laughs> like everything. I would have been on would have been on Plan B too. <laughs> That's nothing against RDS for me. That's just I didn't. Think I mean, whatever they it. got their fan base and yeah, it works for them. So nothing crazy, no fucking hot of a shock. No, never got down.
All right, so being a, a skater with the skill of a successful pro, uh, what challenges have you run into being Canadian and pursuing a skate career? Honestly, I don't know if it's really a negative thing. It kind of, since the market is like a little smaller in Canada, it's like a little bit easier to get to like rise up and like mm -hmm. sort of be the guy with, with one of the distributions. Once you're in there, then they'll like introduce you into the US market. Whereas if you're in the States, you just have to like claw your way up from the bottom. Yeah. Like through all the amazing skaters that live there. And like, there's obviously a lot of good skaters here too, but it's just not, there's as, not as many people. Yeah, exactly. Like there's like as many people in Canada as there are in New York city. So but I mean, no, I had, I've had good experiences. Like everybody I've rode for in Canada has eventually like introduced me to the American side of things. Yeah. So I guess it is kind of it could be a it, blessing. It's in almost some ways, right? it can it can be good or bad. It's just like, like rising out. You of can a get stuck, market. or it can help like boost you yeah, into the U.S. When dudes from the states come through Canada, like you can meet them on the tour and like yeah, introduce exactly, that way. and like. It just gets you like right into the mix instead of like just being a flow guy. But yeah, definitely got to watch out for the Canada vortex. Yeah, I mean, people get trapped. Definitely, and I mean, it's probably a mix of like not wanting to move to the states for a lot of people, and then also just getting stuck. Because why would a distribution in Canada want you to move to the states? Really? Yeah. Like if they they want they kind of want to keep you here and. Yeah, it's true. It's like the people who are in between have it so weird. Like I remember for the longest time. Sasha Daly was on DC Canada, but living in California. And yeah. then it's just kind of like, okay, well, why are we paying him out of the Canadian budget? But yeah, then like, totally. if the States don't want to start paying you either, it's like you're in this weird in-between phase. And like, yeah, there's been a lot of Canadians who are like definitely good enough to be amazing pros in the US that it just never happened for, like Travis Stanger or like Wade Fife. I swear that it's all like timing. Like, yeah, when I mean, those guys were like at their prime, the whole chocolate and girl team was still in full flight, you know? Yeah. And now you look at like the guys they're putting on. Well, I mean, guy I'm sure the they're same. putting on. Like, <laughs> oh, I you can't got... get over Johnny Jones, yo. It's like insane. I know. It's kind of laughable almost when you think about the dudes they've passed on in the past, like Stanger, like you said. Yeah. <clears throat> Carlos Ribeiro, oh, Lem yeah. Villaman. Like, yeah, chocolate and girl have passed on some of the gnarliest talent. And then Johnny Jones, is that his name? That's the that's dude him. that's on King of the Road who I've finally never, made the cut. never heard of this guy. You've never watched <laughs> no. the Vice King of the Road yet? Not, not yet. Oh, it's pretty insane. I just assume, I assume it's going to be like just more mainstream, kind of like built, it for, is like built a, for people who don't skate. Yeah, I feel like the first couple episodes were definitely, but like, I don't know, it's on like episode 11 now. And hmm. it's like, if you've watched the other King of the Road videos, it yeah, is pretty I'm similar down. towards the end. I'm going to binge watch them. I only watched episode one. Some serious beef popped off in the last episode. Some Clint Walker. Oh, I keep seeing Clint Walker's Dude, name pop up and everyone's calling worst. him a kook and saying he's the worst. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to blow, blow for you guys, but he's he's so waste. I, yeah, I remember like his shit from the last or maybe two years ago, King of the Road. Mm -hmm. He's a fucking kook. Yeah. And that's like we were saying last week with Jed, like all this exposure and social media and stuff, like it can ruin people. Oh, yeah, totally. Oh, he's going to be done after and, this. Like, not not to put one of my all-time favorites on blast but like brian winning how like kind of crazy is he <laughs> yeah, but yeah he had such a long career where no one no one knew, knew. just yeah. because like he couldn't expose how loose he was right yeah you've got other people like he's like nuts but he made a shit ton of money skateboarding for a long time yeah because all you would see is his skating yeah all you see all you saw was his skating and was the absolute best yeah
while back you had a switch nose grind fakie flip ad on the pure block it was also your last trick in your green apple part and at the exact same time there was a jack curtain switch nose grind ad on the same obstacle i heard there was a little beef around that what's the story <laughs> yeah um i don't know exactly how it went down but like basically that well the same photographer shot both so he what like jack curtain's switch nose grind ad was running like while i when i did the trick and then it was also still running like when the ad came out because it came out pretty quickly and dan z had shot both of the photos <laughs> but uh he was i think he was stoked that they used it as a venture ad because they don't credit photographers in the ads so his name wouldn't be on it oh shit. but uh but i think obviously i just went there and I, I just was trying to do the trick that i thought was the best trick i could do at that spot and like i didn't even think about his switch nose grind at all and i mean i'm sure he knows that i wasn't like trying to show him up but he since he also skates for venture i think i heard he like called them when he saw it and like freaked out on them god damn so he called venture and was like how are you gonna run this yeah because his I'm... his fall it was his fallen ad too i think he had just gotten like it was his like just well, welcome to, to the team oh, ad for fallen and there was like a video ad to go along with it but yeah i don't know so kind of so jack caught some feelings man <laughs> the man them had to come down from canada and fakie flip out of that bitch <laughs> so he called venture and was like cheesed yeah like as soon as it came out he like he called him and threw a fit wow i mean i've never i've never spoken to him you in my just life. like heard like that, i yeah. that's just what i heard but yeah. from i heard that from like the my people. team manager <laughs> so damn poor jack yo yeah. keep getting them checks danzy do your <laughs> thing fuck it he's the mastermind behind it eh oh yeah he's like i still make this easy two two photos one spot <laughs> sorry jack hey that's how skateboarding works though everyone gets yeah. showed up eventually oh, yeah i guess jack just wanted to like make a splash no shouts to jack here and he's actually so nice like yeah we met him what last summer oh yeah that was awesome i mean i, I would be bummed too if if that happened to me it's, and it's not like it obviously wasn't my fault he's a good guy though yeah oh, remember jack, man. jack Hearn gave me his weed when he flew <laughs> when he flew out of canada and Fuck, i don't man. smoke weed yeah, so you're, I, you're always so big i gave it to uh <laughs> yeah, he's always baked eh? yeah i seem perma big but anyways jack Hearn gave me his weed which i actually happened to give to you donovan and you smoked up jack and our weed. parents are freaking listening dog oh shit your mom doesn't know you smoke weed <laughs> sorry mom <laughs> <laughs> no she does i just said it's just funny oh shit <laughs> judes i didn't mean it he only smokes uh vape fucking air that might be worse <laughs> and vapors we'll have to bleep out weed every you time <laughs> your mom's gonna be like is it crap <laughs> he's on meth So uh, for a little while there, it seemed like you made San Francisco your second home. I have lots of uh, cross-country car trips, some successful and some failed, although we heard that none of them were successful now. <laughs> so uh, do you have any road trip tales for us? Uh, yeah, a couple of the times I tried to drive either to or from San Francisco from Toronto, <laughs> which is like... How long of a drive is that? It's like 48 hours of driving oh, at least. Oh, God. So it'd be like, it'd probably take like a week and a half maybe yeah. if you like or stopping and skating other cities maybe but yeah the one time i like <laughs> it was like it was right after that 
venture ad and all that and i was like all stoked on yeah whatever. skating and whatever yeah and i was spending a lot of time in san francisco and i ended up buying like a 1973 mercedes <laughs> like <laughs> out of just so impulse like yeah. i remember i was sitting at at the island in san francisco and my like the venture team manager was just like we were sitting there and i saw this this car and i was like oh those cars are sick and he's like oh my roommate has one just like it and she's selling it i'm like tell her i can buy it <laughs> And, then, right and I literally, I flew back to Toronto, got my driver's license, and then flew back to San Francisco and bought the car. Jesus. And then it just, like, went to shit. Like, it was so fun. The one month I was there, I was, like, living at Russ's house and driving around in this baller, like, Benzo. old Benz yeah. in, like, the sunshine. And it was, like, the middle of winter in Toronto. Oh. And I was just, like, so hyped on this. <laughs> and then eventually we we're gonna do a road trip back and i was just gonna keep the car here in toronto and we made it like a day and a half and just everything went to shit on the car like we had the first day when we stopped for dinner i think it just wouldn't start again <laughs> and we were in like some tiny town called elko in nevada and we <laughs> ended up just like yeah we were like it was it's like an even smaller reno so it's like this small it's just such it's so a tiny, tiny like casino town and so we were just stuck there and every mechanic you look up just like if you call them and say i have like a 50 year old mercedes can you work on it they're like hell no <laughs> so eventually I, I found like the last mechanic in town and i was like i'm not gonna call him like let's just push the car up to his door yeah. so he can't turn us away so we pushed the car like all the way across town which was Jesus. only like seven blocks <laughs> and just like he's like maybe i can look at it tomorrow and yeah. like we're probably gonna be here for like five days waiting so we just <laughs> hit the strip club and the casino so you were there for five days no we actually ended up only being one night oh, so yeah. he called me the next morning like we we set up camp in a coffee shop we we're like yeah. this is it this is where we're gonna live for the next like five days <laughs> and they call me and they're like yeah your car's good to go so we go pick it up and the guy the dude is like this big fat mechanic and i get in the driver's seat and like he fixed the car yeah. but the seat is broken because of his fat ass. I'm sitting in it? <laughs> like, I just sit in it, and I had to duct tape the seat back together because, like, the, there was nothing to stop it from, like, moving back. It would wow. just fall, the seat would just fall back. It would just go backwards, oh. yeah, like, if you lean back. Jesus. But So then we made it one more day, and then uh, one of my tires blew out on the highway <laughs> when Russ was driving, and then like a, some cop came and like took us to a gas station to fill this, because then, then we went in the trunk for the spare tire, and it was just flat. So we went, got the spare tire filled with this cop and then get to the next town, which is uh, Salt Lake City. And then it's flat again, so there's a hole in it. So then I just said, fuck it. And we just, just left, left it there. there at some mechanic. Uh, I was planning on going back and like sorting it all out, but wasn't really worth it. <laughs> <laughs> so you have I a died. car somewhere in Nevada? Yeah, someone does. I definitely didn't realize... I should have taken my parents' advice on that one and not bought that stupid car. Oh, man. <laughs> Jesus Christ, B. <laughs> Yo, and now the time... Everyone's been waiting for 
everyone's favorite segment in T dot and around the world. Yo, it's rapid fire with the ghost. Was good. And so if you need to hit the washroom, now's the time. <laughs> yeah, don't rain on my parade. Paul, you ready? All right, let's do it. All right, who's your favorite skater? Mike Carroll. Favorite video? Green Apple Supper's Ready. Favorite video part? Travis Stanger, Modern Love. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Uh, Fakey 503 flip out in the middle. Hardest trick for you? Switch front heel. Favorite trick? Kick flip. Most illegal trick? Nolly hard flip. What? What? <laughs> Put my mic back on. What? <laughs> that new nigga Diego doing those? Yeah, that's disrespect to, to black skaters around the world. <laughs> Next video part. Soon. <laughs> Good answer. Worst trend? No complies. Favorite artist? Bad, bad, not good. Favorite local skater? Bobby. Favorite local brand? Just visiting. What is that? Can I get a box? (laughs) Favorite Toronto Raptor? Vince Carter. Favorite Blue Jay? Edwin Encarnacion. Favorite Maple Leaf? Doug Gilmore. Favorite Dunbat Local? Sterling. Favorite Noah Tynes phase? Heavy Metal Noah. I love the baked AF Noah. (laughs) (laughs) Last person you want on the sesh? Kush Diet. Worst style. Thomas Morrison. <laughs> that seems so like real and harsh. <laughs> Obviously a joke, Tom. We love you. Alright, that's gonna wrap up our interview with Paul. Thanks a lot for coming on the show, my dude. Hope to uh maybe have you on here again sometime in the future. Yeah, thanks G. Thanks for coming from the west end to the east. I know you ain't comfy out here. It's for real niggies out here, but yeah. Thanks, Paul. All right, before we hop into the rundown, you know, me and Seifa, being the cheap bastards we are, we put off being full members on uh, SoundCloud for as long as possible, but now that we've uh, forked over the cash, we get to see uh, some cool stats on some listeners. So uh, what do you see, Say? I was in disbelief when we discovered this the other day. Me and Dono are so hyped to, to get these full stats and see where people are listening from. Our minds were legitimately blown. Obviously, Canada is our number one country, but then the state's coming through with mad listens. I want to give a massive shout out to, I'm sure the listeners don't know this, but I was born in Amsterdam in the Netherlands, and we got 49 people who tuned in from the Netherlands. Insane. Yo, shouts out to the Irish, too. I think we got, what, 30, 30 something listens over there in Ireland? 31 in your motherland, B. Let's get it. Uh, some other crazy ones, yo, Egypt, Honduras, Israel, Kenya. Croatia, Philippines, Argentina, and the list goes on and on. There's 173 other countries that aren't even listed on our top 50. So thank you so much to everyone who's tuning in around the world. Tell your friends that skate or want to listen to us talk about sports. I don't know why you would, but (laughs) yo, keep spreading the word, man. The bunt. We taking over. Worldwide movement. All right, y'all, it's time for the long-awaited rundown. I mean, I know half y'all just fast-forwarded straight to your sports news because, hey, everyone knows this is the number one source of sports in the skate community. (laughs) I love that. What's cracking this week, Dono? All right, this week, you know, last week we put some uh, on-wax predictions for where Kevin Durant went. I think you were right. Well, I don't know if you were actually right, but you wanted him to go to the Warriors to uh, battle the king. 
which is uh looks like they're definitely gonna be doing it for a few years in a row now what do you think yeah i'm fucking hyped eh shouts to kd i know mans are burning his jersey Mans are bummed all over the world but yo the man's going into his 10th season he's still ringless and you know these days people prioritize rings history remembers rings for the most part so he's kind of starting to stress and he put himself in the best situation possible by far to win not only a championship but multiples so can't really blame the man because he doesn't want to be another Carl Malone, John Stockton, Charles Barkley. You know what I'm saying? All right. Just for one second, let's go back in time to July 16th, 2010. Mr. Kevin Durant sent out a little tweet saying, now everybody want to play for the Heat and the Lakers. Let's go back to being competitive and going at these people. And it looks like he's doing the exact opposite. It's like, I find I think this is the worst move possible for the NBA. Yo, you said it yourself. That tweet was sent out in 2010. This is six years later, and he still doesn't have a ring. When he said that, those guys were brand new in the league, had all the hope in the world. They were getting better and better every year. I think they just made the playoffs for the first time. Fast forward six years later, he still doesn't have a ring. Things change. Life goes on with no rings. I think he's earned the right to play for who he wants and put himself in the best position possible to win a ring. Sucks for Oklahoma City, but yo... I can't blame the man for running away from Westbrook. No, I can't. It's actually the softest move. Like, you're the third best team in the league, easiestly. They're making moves to be more competitive. I know Oladipo isn't like the biggest superstar, but he was a nice addition to the team. He has Westbrook there. Look what they did to San Antonio in the playoffs. They're up 3-1 against Golden State. These guys just came back from down 3-1 and beat you. And now you're going to like, how you jump on that bus? to roll with those guys like they're grinning at you probably laughing well maybe not but it's just i i cannot live with myself knowing that i joined the enemy i feel you that's the one thing where i kind of agree with some of the backlash he's receiving it's kind of shitty that they lost to them in the playoffs and he joins the enemy so to speak but let's say they hadn't played in the playoffs and he joined the warriors then you know it's a whole different narrative he's not looked at as such a, a bad guy Reports came out that this deal's been in the works for years almost and definitely at least months prior to it actually going down. So, so you're saying it was just coincidence they ended up playing and having that type of uh, series? It was already in the back of his mind that he was on the move? A lot of people thought the Spurs were going to play the Warriors in the conference finals Yeah, and because OKC had an up and down year. I'm not saying he was planning on going there already, but a lot of reports throughout the year said that he was leaving Oklahoma City if they didn't get to the finals and they didn't get to the finals and it just so happens that he had to didn't have to but he chose to join it just sucks that the team that gives him the best chance to win titles was the team that beat him that's not his fault there's a lot of reports coming out that are putting him in a bad light and most of them are from ex-nba players who who are ringless themselves but you know <laughs> charles barkley i think actually said it the best when he said that kevin durant was a bus driver in okc and now he's just a bus rider in golden state how do you go from being the man to now like he's top five in the nba i wouldn't want to take a backseat to no one like he can lead a team to the conference finals okay let's not let's not jump the gun here we haven't seen them play a single game the man's still gonna probably be averaging 25 points ish he's still like I'm actually so excited. As much as everyone's hating, they're going to be watching the Warriors next year. That's for damn sure. It's like, this is one. We have no choice. There's no other teams to watch. <laughs> There's two teams in the NBA. <laughs> no, the Spurs signed my man Powell. Still got the Spurs. The Clippers. Yeah, fuck the Clippers. That's where I wanted KD to go. Can you just imagine that starting five? KD in there. 
There's something about the Clippers, man, though. The Clippers are cursed, for one, but there's just something about, like, their logo, just the stigma with that team. It's just, it's not a good It's look. not a winner? It's just, I don't know. There's something about, I can't picture KD in, in a Clippers jersey. It's just whack. But don't you, it would have been a better oh, It would have been an insane starting five, for oh, sure. There's some championships, and then you can beat Golden State, who just beat you. That's true, but, man, he's got, you got three of the best shooters of all time on one starting five now it's going to be scary and i'm pretty hyped to watch it props to you kd for doing what you felt was best for you and not worrying about uh what everyone else thought and uh props to stephen a smith for uh doing him real dirty let's cut to stephen a real quick how are you viewing this move from durant well i'm viewing it as the weakest move i've ever seen from a superstar plain and simple that's just how i look at it when you're on the cusp of getting to the finals yourself or ultimately winning the championship for the franchise that you've been with since you've come into the NBA, I think it's incredibly weak. You are the difference. You are the superstar. And you depart for the team that beat you, that's been the, that's the two-time reigning uh, defending Western Conference champions who's won a championship in the last two years. You're jumping on a bandwagon as far as I'm concerned. That's just the way that I look at it. I don't think there's any way to deny that. But in the end, what it comes down to is that Kevin Durant is one of the top three players in the world. And he ran away from the challenge that he faces in order to jump on a bandwagon of a team that's a little bit better, that's already rife with at least one superstar, a couple of guys that can really, really get it done. I just view it as him jumping on a bandwagon. And I think it's the weakest move I've ever seen by a superstar, plain and simple. Woo! You ripped him a new one with that one, Steven. My man. All right, so just for fun, we're going to go on wax for our boy Bass out in Berlin. How many years is he staying in Golden State, and how many ships they winning? He's claiming he wants to be there for the long haul. I'm going to say he plays for the Warriors for six years, and they get three titles. Mm, I was pretty close there. I'm going five and two, similar to the to the Heat run. And, yo, that's me being conservative as hell because, yo, on paper, it's tempting to say six years five titles or six years four titles but a lot of crazy shit happens in the nba so who knows six and three let's go and uh bass we're waiting on your uh, email send over your on wax prediction my dog all right so that being said about kd that means there's one man left out there in okc russell westbrook uh, all reports are saying that he's going to be traded you think it's going to happen and where's he going to go i think for sure if okc is smart obviously they're going to try and keep him but I don't think there's any way he re-signs a long-term deal there, even though it would be like $200 million. I think he gets traded mid-season because they want to get some assets in return and not get dusted like how LeBron did the Cavs. Well, KD <laughs> just did it to them. They can't lose two top five players in the NBA, nothing to show for it. Yeah, a dope landing spot that would actually be the best for playoff implications would be if he went to the Spurs. Tony Parker's getting old. They got LaMarcus, they got Kawhi. That would be a disgusting big three. And they got Powell, my boy Powell, down there doing work next season too. And what about uh, the brick thrower Danny Green, if he could ever get his shot back? Ooh, that's a scary starting five right there. Westbrook could also get traded to a random team with the right assets for OKC and just be like a four-month rental thing. And then I'm holding hope that the man goes home and signs that mega deal in Los Angeles. Not for the Clippers. Lakers, baby. Westbrook, we need you. I uh, hate to break it to you there, but no one is going to the Lakers. As you 
might already be able to tell they have Luol Deng and uh, Timothy Mozgov. So if that's <laughs> who they're getting out of the free agents, uh, I don't think Russell's joining them down there. Don't remind me. I'm about to cry. One team I would say that uh, I could see making a move and trading for Russell Westbrook would be Miami. You know, we know Pat Riley doesn't like to sit by and let other teams get better. He he missed out on the KD sweepstakes and then he lost his own his own Dwayne Wade. So I could see them making a move. Now speaking of Dwayne Wade. And uh, rebuilt teams. The Chicago Bulls made two crazy signings. Rajon Rondo and uh, Dwayne Wade himself joining Jimmy Butler in the Windy City. How's that starting five going to pan out? Yo, I have no clue how that's going to work. <laughs> that's three ball-dominant dudes in the same backcourt. Slash Jimmy Butler is going to have to play as a three now, I guess. Uh, I really am intrigued to see how that works. Our main man, Jalen Rose, claims it's going to be nice and they have a better chance at making the playoffs than the Heat, which I don't agree with at all. If D-Wade stayed on the Heat, I think they're a much better team than the Bulls with D-Wade. But yeah, it's going to be weird. Rondo's a ball hog who passes at the last second to get his assist numbers up. D-Wade, without LeBron, is also ball dominant. And then Jimmy Butler's the guy, so he needs the ball as well. I think those signings were really weird. I think they were like down to rebuild and build around Jimmy Butler. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, we can get Dwayne Wade and sell tickets. Let's do it. Oh, we can get Rondo and sell tickets. Let's do it. Now they got this weird-ass team with no three-point shooters. Yeah, it's definitely going to be tough for them in a league that is uh, basically dependent on the three-pointer now. So it's going to be interesting to see for sure. They lost out on Pau Gasol, so they're going to have to count on some young guys in the front court as well. I mean, I guess you could say Miritich can hit some threes. There's, uh, there's possibilities over there in Chicago. Yeah, that'll be an interesting team to watch. I'm saying they like their ceiling is a seven seed. Damn, I, I, th- I think they can do a little bit better than that in the weak Eastern Conference, I mean. All right, now the next one it saddens me so much to bring this topic up, and I swear it's because the basketball gods are getting back at me for, for getting the Raptors' Eastern Conference run in Paul Liliani's interview, but the fat man, Jared Sullinger, is coming to eat some burgers in Toronto, fellas. Yeah, I'm not really excited about that. His homies and his family actually had, like, an intervention, a weight loss intervention for him. <laughs> The man still can't stay in NBA shape. Like, I am really not excited about this. He's decent. He's averaged like 10 and 8, so could be worse, or 10 and 6 or something, but it's not the One year, big- 6 million. It's not like, it's not going to bury us. He could be here for a year. I think they're just trying to, f- they know they're a little thin up front. They just lost James Johnson, so they needed to sign someone, but. Yeah, we I, lost Bismack. I just think Jared got a whiff of the Burgers Priest and the, the Parts and Labor Burgers and uh, said it was time to make Toronto his home. So uh, <laughs> welcome home, you fat bastard. <laughs> Who do you think's the most improved team after free agency? My vote, personally, it's an easy one. Indiana Pacers made a lot of good signings and trades. Traded for Thaddeus Young. Managed to scoop Jeff Teague in a trade. Managed to sign Big Al Jefferson in free agency. What do you think their ceiling is? Yo, I'm loving it. They might be, on paper, the second best team in the East. I would agree with that. Their starting five is dirty. It's now it's Paul George, Jeff Teague. Thaddeus Young, Al Jefferson, and Monte Ellis. If Monte Ellis can get his game back going, they could, I mean, who knows what's going on with the Cavs. They haven't made very many moves, but that team can compete with almost any team. 
Agreed. I mean, for me, it's hard to say most improved. Other than the Pacers, I agree with you on that. It's a, somehow you got to give it to the Warriors, even though they're a seven, 73 and 9 team. Mm. Anyone who adds Kevin Durant to their team is the most improved team. Yeah. Speaking of the Warriors, actually, some news broke today. It's uh, it's Monday, and uh, Draymond Green was arrested in Michigan. Did you see that? Charged with assault. Yeah, apparently he slapped someone in the club who was taunting him. <laughs> At least he didn't punch him in the nuts. So. Uh, come on, Day Day. Keep your head on. He had to pay $200. To what? To get out on a cash bond or whatever. Oh, quick two bills. <laughs> 200 bucks out of that 85 million they they getting uh they they getting teed up all over the place these days yeah keep your head on straight obviously like i feel like nba players keep their cool but the man was obviously drunk if he lost his cool and slapped a fucking random person all right so so you say pacers uh warriors another team that you could consider improved i guess although who knows what the hell is going to happen with them the new york knicks i mean derrick rose they got they already had carmelo and porzingis Who's the other guy they got? Courtney Wee and uh, Joakim Noah. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting starting five. I think they're going to be right there in the bottom half battling with the Bulls. Yeah, I would agree with that. But that team, it all depends on injuries. Like Carmelo's been injured the last couple of years. Derrick Rose, we all know his injury history. Joakim Noah, they're like team Band-Aid. So their ceiling is if they all can play around 70 games at least i was gonna say 60 to 70 for rose is more realistic yeah if they if they can stay on the court then they could be like a four seed even a three seed but who knows how that chemistry is going to go down and i'm looking at them as more of like a ninth seed fringe playoff team but the east is weak so you never know who knows what the hell is going to happen that's a weird fucking team curious to see boston though without horford can't wait for that oh shit yeah i forgot about them i Okay, if we had to predict right now, I'd say like Cleveland, then the Pacers, then the Celtics. And then the Raptors? And then the Raptors. I don't know. We'll, we'll come back and do a full breakdown yeah. before the season starts. But I think that's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to crumble down, something like that. Moving away from the NBA, something we usually uh, never talk about. UFC 200 went down over the weekend. I, I'm a fan of UFC. I know you don't watch every pay-per-view, but you knew that John Jones was fighting this week, and he fucking let us all down. Yeah, he's the one dude in the UFC that I'm pretty hyped on. He messed up a few years ago, was banned, comes back, gets one fight, wins. It was kind of ugly. It was boring. And then everyone was looking forward to this one. Conor McGregor was already dusted, so John Jones was like the headliner, and this fucking idiot is doping. Like, there's no excuse. So bummed. I don't know. Hopefully, they don't ban him for life now. But yeah, I don't know. What is the next step after this? I mean, it's got to be a pretty, uh, pretty severe punishment. I know UFC 200 is something they were uh, planning for for a long time. You let me down, man. John Jones. I hate Daniel Cormier and the fact that he is the champion of that division. Just it pisses me off even more than John Jones doping. Couldn't be worse. But then again, Anderson the Spider Silva steps in. You know, we can always count on him. A real legend in the game, but he didn't have much juice left, dog. So I think that's going to be the end for uh, Anderson Silva. Uh, one more thing. I think the uh, the best part of the UFC 
200 event was uh, Nate Diaz's interview, <laughs> which I made you listen to before uh, before we got this segment going. So uh, what do you think about Nate Diaz? Uh, any more brain cells left in there for Connor to knock out in August? Not very much, but that might be the, the scary thing. The man's got no brain. He probably can't register fear or pain. He's just like a machine. <laughs> Uh, before we move on from the UFC, maybe we'll put a little on-wax prediction for UFC 202. You know I'm going with my main man. You dumb fucked up now, Nate, because he's Irish, cuh. It's Conor <laughs> McGregor with the win for sure. Uh, I guess I'm going to have to go with Big Nate, the great <laughs> conversationalist and uh, scholar, Nate Diaz. Let's get it. Last but not least, this week we got some random NFL news. No, sadly, there's no fantasy football this week. But uh, in other NFL news, Denard Shoelace Robinson was found asleep at the wheel in a pond. What the <laughs> hell happened there, Donald? Man, I honestly think that uh, nobody knows. I don't even think Denard Robinson knows what happened. But from what the cop report, the police reports say is that uh, a police officer showed up. They found Denard Robinson's car in a pond. Him and his girlfriend are just... Just uh, having a snooze, taking a little nap in the pond in their car. So the officer had to uh, wake him up and uh, tell him to get out of the pond, essentially. But the weird thing about this is there's a, he's not charged with no DUI, no charges at all. I mean, like, how does one man's car end up in the pond and you're not charged with anything? My theory is that they pulled over. Maybe it was on a slight hill. The man was trying to, you know what I mean, get frisky with his woman or something. They end up falling asleep without the emergency brake on and just slowly drifted into the water that's the only thing that makes sense in my mind because i don't know how two people fall asleep and wake up in a pond both of them and the one report shows says that uh the the cop wakes up shoelace tries to wake him up and denard opens his eyes and looks at him and tries to get out of the door and he can't because it's surrounded by water obviously and he went back to sleep <laughs> and the cop had to wake him back up and say get out the other door jesus uh, but no injuries i mean it's just a story denard's gonna have to tell his grandkids i guess <laughs> Hey, that's a rapidly wrap for episode number eight. Thanks for everyone who listened. We'll catch y'all next Wednesday. Thanks for listening. Everyone keep spreading the word and uh, catch you guys next week. <laughs>